Hello, your friendly neighborhood host, uh, JT Wheatley here again, back for another episode of the History of Comics podcast, this time with the history of romance comics. Like most genres, love stories are probably as old as fiction itself. From ancient myths to modern day, romance is a classic genre told across mediums and comic books, and they are no exception. The origin of all these began with the first modern love story, Pride and Prejudice, by Jane Austen, published in 1813, that was not only a classic in its own right, it continues to be adapted to this day, but arguably launched the modern romance genre, with its mix of humor, romance, superb dialogue, and the classic of all tropes, the love triangle. Jane Austen, with this and the rest of her books, didn't just create classic stories, but a rash of imitators across all mediums. Soon, pulp magazines began to expand into the romance genre, and was probably the most popular of the medium, catering to mostly female audiences. Some examples were Love Story magazines, All Story Love Tales, and Love Book. Of these, Love Story magazine was the most popular, running from 1921 to 1947 for 1,158 issues, and reaching a height of 600,000 issues in circulation in 1932. What's notable about it was the high standards of storytelling, though it did play up the glamorous love match with wholesome stories as well. However, these pulp magazines would be replaced with full-blown romance paperback books in the 1960s, which continue to this day, as any trip to the grocery store's book rack will tell you. Comic books hadn't quite jumped to full-blown romance books yet, though an early precursor would be the teenage humor books, which had a recurrent romance theme. The, tr- the prime example was Archie by MLJ Comics, which would later change its name to Archie Comics. The title character was named by Archie Comics founder John Goldwater, who named him after a high school friend. Artist Bob Montana co-created Archie and designed him to look like a combination of actor Mickey Rooney and the fictional Tom Sawyer. The former was intentional, as John Goldwater wanted to capitalize on the popularity of the, uh, Mickey Rooney uh, movies success in the Andy Hall films at the time. Archie first appeared in Pep Comics number 22 on December 1941 and later Jackpot number 4 in, the, in 1941-42. Archie would then appear in the cover of Pep Comics number 36 of February 1943 with the characters The Shield, who was originally the principal cover character for Pep, and The Hangman, other MLJ superhero characters who were carrying him. Soon, Archie took over the covers by issue number 51. By Pep's Comics number 66 in March of 1948, Archie became the main feature of the comic, replacing the shield fully. While the stories were mostly a teen humor book about Archie's adventures as a high school student with his friend Jughead, it did have a prominent romance angle, the main story being the classic love triangle between Archie, Veronica Lodge, and Betty Cooper. Veronica was presented as the ideal high school girlfriend, while Betty was the girl next door, more or less the standard love triangle template. Archie Comics was predated by Wilbur and Zip Comics, number 18, on September 1941, and Hip Hazard and Ace Comics, but Archie is still remembered as the teen comic that started the genre. It helped, it, however, it hadn't quite lost the romance comic genre, but that was a step towards it. Soon, Archie number one premiered in the winter of 1942, becoming the first teen humor comic book title. While the comic was considered family-friendly, Bob Montana's art is noted for his ability to draw beautiful female characters, if not downright sexy. An irony says Archie's co-creator, John Goldwater, would later head the Comic Magazine Association of America, which ran the Comic Code's authority that sanitized the medium. Of course, with the success of Archie, imitators would follow. One notable copycat was Patsy Walker, who debuted in Miss America No. 2 on November 1944 at Timely, the future Marvel. Created by writer Stuart Little and artist Ruth Atkinson, her stories were originally about her teen adventures where her boyfriend Buzz and Ravenhead rival Hitty Wolf. She would later get her own title in 1945, along with spin-offs like Patsy and Hetty, Patsy and Her Pals, and A Date with Patsy. 
Interestingly enough, Patsy Walker number 95 would be one of the first Marvel Age books, along with Journey into Mystery number 69 on June of 1961, being the first to carry the Marvel MC logo on the cover. Patsy Walker and Hitty Wolf would later appear in the Fantastic Four Annual number 3, which, in line with the romance angle of this podcast, was the all-star wedding of Reed Richards and Sue Storm slash Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman in 1965, establishing them into the, into the larger Marvel continuity. She would later accompany the Avengers in Avengers number 141 on November 1975 before becoming a superhero in Hellcat in Avengers number 144 on February 1976. Walker Hellcat then joined the Defenders in issue number 44 on February 1977 of the series, where she met Hellstorm, the son of Satan, and Larry married him in issue number 125 on February 1981, once again keeping with her original romantic roots. As for those roots, it would be explained in Defenders number 89 on November 1980 that they were made up by her mother, Dorothy, as fictional works, essentially a fictional story inside the fictional Marvel Universe, basing them on Patsy and her actual friends. All this has been acknowledged in the Jessica Jones Netflix series with Patsy Triss Walker, played by Rachel Taylor, who was a former child star before becoming a talk show host while dreaming to become a superhero like her best friend, Jessica Jones. Back in the 1940s, in classic, timely fashion under its owner, Martin Goodwin, the company flooded the market with teen comic books like Hedy Devine and Millie the Model in the winter of 1945. Millie the Model was created by Ruth Atkinson as well and would last until the 1970s with issue number 207, surviving the turbulent times throughout Marvel's history before finally ending on December of 1973. It remains Marvel's longest running humor title in general, and she would also be established as part of the larger Marvel universe when she first but she also appeared in Fantastic Four Annual Number Three. And Alex Ross even made a point of painting her in when he recreated the Richard Storm wedding in the Marvel's miniseries. Millie still makes sporadic appearances in the Marvel comics to this day, and even starred in her four issue miniseries, Models Inc., from October two thousand nine to January two thousand ten. Other books from Timely were My Friend Irma about a wacky secretary, Meet Me Miss Bliss by Stan Lee and Al Hartley about a school teacher, and Sherry the Showgirl about a movie star. At National, the future DC, A Date with Judy was launched in 1947 along with Leave it to Binky and Scribbly in 1948 and Buzzy in 1944. Another was Calling All Girls in September 1941, which was the first comic book aimed exclusively at girls featuring a variety of stories. The intention was to approach girls who were not boy crazy. It later became senior prom with issue number 90 in 1950. However, while all these teen humor books often had a heavy romance angle, they weren't romance books in full, while all that was about to change. On July of 1947, My Date was published by Hillman Publications, created by writer Joe Simon and artist Jack Kirby, the creators of Captain America, about Swifty Chase, a teen athlete who competed with his rivy stubby schemer. This was a, still a teen humor book and would only last for four issues until uh, January 1948, but it gave the two comic book greats an idea. Joe Simon believed that romance would be a natural conversion after World War II as people were tired of action and wanted some love. Seeing an opportunity, Simon and Kirby took their idea to Crestwood Publications before my date was even finished about a romance book and as part of the deal received a then unheard of 50% profit share. So on September-October of that same year under Crestwood's prize group imprint, Young Romance was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby and with that the romance comic book genre. It was an instant success and two years later was followed by Young Love in February 1949 and soon both comics were selling one million copies an issue. Young Romance itself soon became so popular the series went from bi-monthly to monthly by its 13th issue on September 1949. 
Today, is widely considered the first romance comic book ever created, and as pointed out earlier by the creators of Captain Marvel, of all, Captain America of all people, and in 2004 was named one of the top 100 comic books of all time. Of course, with the romance genre created, the ripoffs would soon follow, with My Romance number 4 in August 1948 by Timely, and My Life number 4 in September 1948 by Victor Fox, which had originally been Meet Corliss Archer. Sweethearts would replace Captain Midnight with issue number 68 on October 1948 at Fawcett. The comic book contained a pretty racy story with I Was a Pickup, but it originally had a sad ending before I contrived happy one. Boy Crazy in issue number two was also pretty racy about a girl trying to see her aunt's boyfriend. Of course, these were meant, these were mixed with numerous crime stories, though it, it removed the for more adult readers of the comics by issue number four. My Romance covers really related to the stories, like many comic books, and My Own Romance, number four, featured the first photo cover. Issue number three also carried a, 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 letter, a letter attacking comic book critic Frederick Warburton. Venus, another timely comic book, went through multiple trends, with the first half being a romance about the Greek gods of love, but by issue number 11 in 1950, it became a horror title. Soon, Sweethearts became the first monthly comic book, and also noted for their photo covers, with actor Robert Richin appearing on the first issue and Glenn Ford appearing on the second. As predicted by Joe Simon, the romance genre quickly became the most popular in the comic book medium after World War II. By December 1949, there were 64 different titles as opposed to just 11 at the beginning of the month, with comics ranging from sleazy to blatant knockoffs. Fox Syndicate, Syndicate as with all, his, all of the comic books by Victor Fox, portrayed humans in a poor light and nourished setting. Timely was more happy and in their romance, in, in their romance comic books, while quality was more varied with Campus Love in December 1949, which was one of the first comic books set in the college. There was also humor with Love Diary number one in September 1949 about a man writing a girl's diary. It featured some classic stories, in keeping with the times, used communists as the villains, such as Tyranny Broke My Heart and Flaming Love number one on December 1949 about an American girl who f- falls for a communist boy abroad. While never as risque as what the Fox Syndicate would produce, the company did was known for the lingerie issues, i.e. comic books featuring girls in their underwear, no doubt to appeal to young male readers. American Comics Group, ACG, produced Romantic Adventures and Lovelorn in 1949 and were successful enough that, though they would be the only romance titles of the company, both would last for over 100 issues into the 1960s. It also featured a new subgenre in line with Western romances. Ace did Real Love, Glamorous Love, Romance, and All Love, which replaced Hip, Hazard, Dottie, and Ernie, respectively, all which were former teen books. St. John did Teenage Romances and Teenage Diary Secrets and was noted by the covers of Matt Baker, who was also always brilliant at the female form. The success of romance comics soon affected other genres, with Sensation Comics, the home of Wonder Woman at the time, becoming a Sensation Romance Comics, now a mix of science fiction, superheroes, and romance. Much of this was due to the passing of a creator, William Moulton Marston, who died in 1947, and always envisaged her as a strong, independent woman. With Marston gone, she was now more demure under National's management, with issues number 94 to 98 dedicated to romance tales. Steve Trevor, her longtime love, even carried Wonder Woman across a stream at one point. Seriously, when would Wonder Woman need a man to carry across anything? Issues number 95 to 96 address the classic love triangle superheroes all deal with as, lo- as their lovers being in love with one or both their identities. Also classically illustrated with the Superman, Clark Kent, and Lois Lane dynamic. On the cover of 95, Steve Trevor takes off Diana's glasses, accusing her of being Wonder Woman, and the issue she's able to convince him otherwise. In issue number 96, Wonder Woman chasing the multiple costumes at a charity event 
more than a few meant to appeal to young female readers, while posing as both herself and Diana, who eventually kisses Steve Trevor. There is a further romantic angle to this, as Wonder Woman knows under Amazonian law she cannot marry Steve Trevor, but as a mortal Diana, she can. In issue number 97, Steve offers her flowers as she considers marrying him. This is contrasted with Diana becoming the editor of Hopeless Hearts Department at the Daily Globe to be romance editor, seeing an opportunity for a normal life with Steve. However, she eventually decides to be Wonder Woman with issue number 98, realizing the world needs her more than Steve Trevor. It will be the end of Sensation Comics romance stories as the series returned to the Wonder Woman's more classic heroics. Romance Incorporated had Anne Martin as a hostess who predated Anne Landers as an advice columnist for years. The character would even make appearances in DC proper. However, all these romance books would lead to what would be unofficially called the love glut as the market would soon be oversaturated with love. The success for romance comics continued as there was 256 comic books in 1949, which would soon explode to 332 by 1950. It was part of 2,251 comic book titles in general at the time, showing that there were one in four comic books were in the romance genre. However, the glut caused a backlash, and then the number of romance titles about would drop to 61 by the end of 1950. Marvel canceled 25 to 30 titles, with many not reaching past the third issue, while Fox canceled all 21 titles and dialed together in 1951. Fawcett canceled 13 and Quality canceled 14, assuming the romance was two of 147 titles at the time. All this brought about numerous companies cashing in on the popularity of the romance genre. My Romance got racy with number five, with a cover of a woman blackmailing a man while Liv Gleason got to the romance market with Lover's Lane in October 1949 and Boy Meets Girl in February 1950. It's interesting to note how Gleason used advertisements meant to appeal to insecure audiences, mostly young females, like I was ashamed of my face and lose weight where it shows the most. Fawcett published Love Mystery and Negro Romances in 1950, but with all these romance books, it wouldn't be long before others started to make fun of them. Most notable of all was Modern Love No. 8 at EC Comics with the story The Story to End All Love Stories by Bill Gaines and Al Feinstein with the credit Blame This Unfailing. The, for- the story was about publisher T. Todd, who had fallen in love with Corbina, who really only cares about food and fashion. So he decides to cancel all his crime books, like Crime Auto Pay, a nod to the classic Crime Does Not Pay comic, with love comics. However, the market is soon flooded, driving his writers, Jack Lehman and Joe Curry, a nod to Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, to suicide while Todd goes to- bankrupt because of it. Gaines and Feldstein, in their usual sharp writing, not only mocked the romance genre in general, but brought to light the love glut. Crestwood published the first ro- Western romance with Real West Romances No. 1 in August, May of 1949, and was soon added Western Love No. 1 on July of 1949. National did Romance Trail No. 1 in July, August 1949, and soon 13 more titles were added to the subgenre, such as Marvel's Romance of the West No. 1 on 19- November of 1949, and Calgo Romance No. 28 on June 1950 for one issue. Fiction House followed at the same time. One notable story was I Was a Lady Bandit in Marvel's Western Life Romances, number two, on March of 1950, about Belle Chance, who becomes a costume bandit vixen to fight criminals that murdered her father. She eventually falls for the local sheriffs and kills her former lover. Ace's Western Love Trails, number seven, on November 1949, featured Sarah Shaw, who lets her boyfriend become sheriff so they can marry. Tangled Love and Frontier Romances No. 1 of December 1950 from Avon will be cited by Frederick Warburton as he featured an image of a man spanking a woman. Ultimately, the Western sub- romance subgenre would die with the love glut as sales dropped in the 1950s with the baby boom. 
St. John's introduced a new subgenre, war romance, with wartime romance in Ju- July of 1951, time of the outbreak of the Korean War. Quality also did true war romances on the September 1952 and G.I. Sweethearts number 32 on June of 1953. Superior did G.I. War Brides on June of 1954 as well. However, this would be another subgenre that would quickly fade after the end of the Korean War. By 1951, there were 18 new titles with the romance peaking in 1952 with 552 titles before falling to 432 in 1953. Fawcett and Ziff Davis would leave the genre altogether when they canceled their 82 titles, and by 1955, the number had dropped to this 347 after the publication of Frederick Warburn's Seduction of the Innocent. By 1959, the number of romance titles had dropped to 160. Quality also left the genre in 1956, canceling 64 titles as added Ace, Gleason, and Superior. Marvel strengths its number in the romance titles, having to deal with its eight books a month mandate from its distributor, Independent News, while St. John left the genre altogether in 1955, followed by Harvey in 58, while Ajax Farrell quit comics altogether in 1958 as well. One of the few comic books Marvel still published in the romance genre was Girl Comics from 1948 to 1952 and is noted for having a photo cover of the issue number three of a young Elizabeth Taylor, then 17 years old at the time. It was a re- really a mix of romance and adventure, and by issue number 13 had become Girl Confessions, where girls made into superheroes. Marvel also did True Secrets in 1949 in its first monthly romance comic, Love Tales, 1952. Ultimately, Marvel would produce 185 titles from 1951 to 54. Foss's final romantic comic book was Romance Stories number 22 in 1953, though the series would be picked up by Charlton, as it did with many other books. It should be noted by only one-third of all romance titles from 1947 to 1937 made it past a dozen issues, leading to 301 distinct titles being made. Of these, only 15 made it past 100 issues, such as Young Love, with many distributors favoring quantity over quality. There were a few gems, though, such as Daring Love Number 1 by being Steve Ditko's first published work, while Toby published Sorority Secrets 1954, though the publisher would be at the funk by the next year. Charlton would reprint Negro Romances Number 4, which was first published by Fawcett in 1950. It would later become Romantic Secrets in which Number 5, which was actually another title that Charlton had acquired from Fawcett as well. Meanwhile, the creators of the romance genre, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, were trying to create a new publication company with Mainline, and as part of their comic book lineup, published In Love in 1954. However, the book would be discontinued when the company would fail within a year. Charlton picked it up and changed it to In Love With You, with issue number 5 on May of 1955, and made the last comic book to carry an adults-only tag with its racy Bride of the Star story, a baseball romance. Lovely Heart was published on March 1951, a notorious bondage splash page in the story, So This Is Love, which would later be a target of Frederick Warburton and his fellow comic critics. Mrs. Mrs. Anthony's Love Critic came out on November of 1949. It was Dr. Laura of her era, with issue number one listing his ten rules for uh, marriage happiness, with long-winded answers dealing with spiritual guidance, attractiveness, and so forth. Issue number two gave further advice on compromise and money with the story, I Know What's Best for My Sister. Romantic Hearts number nine was published in November 1954 with the cover of Two Women Fighting Over a Man. Published by Master Comics, it was a kind of cover that would soon be censored by the Comics Code Authority, CCA, which would go into effect next year. As a result, by issue number 12, the woman's clothing was sanitized, i.e. no more cleavage, while the CCA in general restricted dresses for women and forbid divorce. As an example, with Skin Deep, from the comic book Diary Confessions number 12 in November 1955, which was reprint from the story Ugly from Tender Romances number 2 in February 1950, about a homely girl who falls in love with a blind man. 
The repeller removed the lines, that beast, and fires a passion, as these were, these were now deemed not eligible for young readers due to the CCA's guidelines. Another tragedy for the romance genre due to the CCA was the work of the great, great uh, Frank Frazetta on Personal Love number 24 and 25 and uh, 27 and 28. And number 32, at Eastern, from 1953 to 1955, and of course was natural for the romance genre, as he, like Mac Baker, was brilliant at depicting beautiful women. However, the CCA made reprints of many old stories impossible, as they would pass the new stricter guidelines, even with edits. In fact, even advertisements were restricted. A perfect example of the changes was the CCA was the third book, uh, Crestwood Lots, The Go With Young Romance and Young Love, Young Brides, which launched in 1952. That title, before the CCA, featured stories like Teenage Mother, Wait for the Doctor, and Under 21, in issue number 19 on November and December of 1954, and even featured a couple having a patient kiss, kiss on the beach. However, by issue number 22, the cover was a wife knitting socks for her husband, and the last issue, number 30, in November December 1956, featured a couple having a chase kiss in front of a stroller with twin babies, while an elderly couple looked on in approval. Before the CCA, since images of domestic bliss wouldn't even have made it as it wouldn't have appealed to young readers, but with in full effect, it was the only thing comics could get away with. Charlton originally entered the romance genre with True Life Secrets in the April of 1951 and took advantage of other publishers disappearing, picking up many of their old books. The company would produce 1,420 titles before, but only 254 by 1960, with many of them in the, in the bland 68-page comic books that carried 12 stories apiece. Crestwood, meanwhile, sold the original romance comic book, Young Romance and Young Love the National, in 1963, which also published High School Confidential Diary on June of 1960 and Summer Love for, number 46 on October 1965, which featured the Beatles on the cover, though they had nothing to do with the story inside. As for Crestwood Prize Publications, the company that launched the rom romance comic book genre, it would be the funk of 1968, publishing only humor books like Sick until it finally went under. Charlton was soon dominating the romance genre that was left over with 1,140 titles from 1960 to 1976, with the closest competitor being DC with 668 titles, while Marvel only produced 117. The romance genre was still in the downturn, comprising only 8% of the comic book titles in America in the 1960s, but had fallen to 4% by the 1970s. One area the genre was taken advantage of was the doctor shows on TV at the time, with series like Career Girl Romance, which ran 65 issues. Marvel tried Miller the Model, Patsy Walker, and Night Nurse, which Stanley worked on, and Don Basima, Don Heck, and Gene Colan, and John Ramirez Sr. provided the art for. They even reprinted old issues of My Love and Our Love Story with Jim Sternenko, even working on Our Love Number 5 on June of 1970, which would later be reprinted in issue number 23 on May of 1973. However, the writing was on the wall, and soon Marvel replaced uh, their numerous books with uh, the superhero genres, such as Teenage Romance, which was replaced by The Incredible Hulk. DCE still made a try at the romance genre, such as long-running Secret Hearts from 1952 to 1971. It even produced 50 separate titles in 1965. We also produced Girls, Love Stories, Girl Romance, and Darker Love, although artists like Romita Sr. would later state they hated working on the comic books for their blandness. April Day appeared in Girls Love Number 104 in July of 1964, and Joe Simon returned to edit Young Love with issue number 106 in October and November of 1973. Sticking with the times, hippies appeared in the girls' romances on number 135 on September 1968, but the genre was still dying when Secret Hearts was canceled by issue number 153 on July 1971. 
Soon it'll only just be original, the original titles, Young Romance and Young Love, though they would soon be canceled as well. For many, the previous year, 1973, was considered the end of the romance genre in comic books, as by 1974, only 45 titles were being published, though it went up to 82 and 75, and then 53 by 76. However, over that three years, romance titles compromised only 180 titles out of 5,500 comic books that were being produced. Young Romance would end with issue number 208 on November December of 1975. Young Love would end in July of 1977 with issue number 126. DC would try one last time with Secret House of Sinister Love and Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love as a cross-genre with horror. However, this would soon be canceled, representing the last major effort of the romance genre in comic books. Ultimately, as Charlton and DC artist Dick Giordano would state, it was the CCA that killed the romance genre, as it did many other genres in comic books for decades. As the tame stories couldn't appeal to young readers that first bought them in, it was all hand-holding and crushing the local football star, and nothing the real readers could relate to. Romance comics still would appear overseas as well, particularly in Europe and Asia. One notable example in the manga market is the light novel genre, which is stories aimed at middle and high school students, essentially the equivalent of young adult in America. While like the rest of manga, several different genres operate inside this medium, with both teenage humor and romance being among them. One notable recent series that combines both those genres was the uh, was Toradora, a 10-volume uh, series released from March 10th, 2006 to uh, March 10th, of 2009, about two high school students and neighbors, Riju Takasha and Taga Isaki, who initially hate each other before they realize they are best friends with their respective crushes. Soon, Riju and Taja decide to team up to win over their respective crushes. It doesn't take a genius to see where this story is going, but like any great story, it's the journey and not the destination that's important. Raya Yukoa, Tikomiya, and artist Yusa, crafting a hilarious and heartwarming tale of high school romance. The series sold three million books in Japan and it remains one of the most popular of the light novel genre in recent years. Of course, an anime adaptation was produced in 2009 to equal success and acclaim. Back in America, like many of the other genres, such as horror and crime, that were buried due to the CCA, romance has started to make a resurgence. Arrow Publications produced a series called My Romance Stories, while Dark Horse launched a series of manga-style Harlequin novels. Perhaps the most notable arrival of the romance comics in recent years, though, has been Terry Moore's Strangers in Paradise, that took a new twist in the love triangle story between the main characters Francine, Kachu, and David. Where Francine's considered Kachu her best friend, David's in love with Kachu, but Kachu is in love with Francine. Like many modern comics, while it was originally romance, it should... It soon crossed over in the crime genre with Kachu's past with a local mob being revealed. The first issue appeared on January 1st, 1993 in our Antarctic Press, with the series bouncing the abstract for the second volume and then the image and then back to abstract for its third and final volume, concluding with issue number 90 in 2007, though Terry Moore did announce he would do a follow-up novel at the 2012 San Diego Comic Book Convention. The highly acclaimed series won the Eisner for Best Serialized Story in 1996, along with the National Cartoonist Society Rubin Award for Best Comic Book in 2003. Also, because the comic's realistic depiction of gay relationships, it received the GLAAD Award for the Best Comic Book in 2001. Of course, such a comic book couldn't exist at the height of the CCA. While it was technically still in existence during its run, Stranger Paradise avoided it by being published independently, along with the fact that the CCA was completely ineffectual at this point. Even classic series returned briefly with DC when they produced Young Romance, the new 52 Valentine's Day special on number one in 2013, while doing a special reprint of Young Love and Showcase Presents Young Love Volume 1 in 2012. 
However, the genre has yet to reclaim its place as one of the most significant in the comic book medium, but romance still plays a part in the regular books. Considering the soap opera nature of many of the current comic book stories, including superheroes, romance is a natural subplot. Most recently, Marvel Lot's Mr. and Mrs. X last year, which stars the longtime lovers Rogue and Gamblet, who finally got married in X-Men Gold number 30, which was originally supposed to be the marriage of Shadow Cat and Colossus before she backed out at the last minute. Spoilers, you haven't read it, but it's been a lucky year or two. Come on, people. And, of course, in the recent Fantastic Four number 5, Ben Grimm, the Thing, finally married his longtime love, Elisa Masters. So, like a great songwriter once said, the world always needs love, and so does comic books. And now that the hated CCA is now dead and gone, we will hopefully see its resurgence like the rest of the comic book genres. I would like to thank my main source for this episode, Love on the Racks, a history of romance comics by Michael Nolan. A great history of the romance comic genre comics. Please pick it up wherever books are sold. Super Kick Party. It's the wrestling podcast from the host who is the hammer swinging, burrito eating, well, you know the rest of Thunder Talk. Sexy. It's the Ring of Thunder, found in the Thunderverse and among the great podcasts of the ESO Network. And now is February 15th, 2024, time for the favorite comic of the week. DC's How to Lose a Guy, How to Lose a Guy Gardener in 10 Days, a great anthology comic in celebration of, of course, Valentine's Day, which was yesterday, which tells various romantic love stories from uh, featuring Guy Gardner, The Red Tornado, uh, Booster Gold, and, of and Batgirl, and Nightwing, that kind of tells different romantic angles, all playing on the strength of each character versus Guy Gardner. The title story is basically uh, Vicky Vale, reporter Vicky Vale, goes out on a date with him for 10 days and uh, proceeds to find out what a jerk he is. Though it has a nice twist at the end. There's also great stories with Red Tornado and the, the, the cream is also Batwing and Night Girl, uh, Nightwing and uh, Batgirl go, uh, try to have a date night, but sure enough, nothing ever stays simple in Gotham City and they have to go out to save their friends. And just a great read in general. Just nice, nice celebration of Valentine's Day and uh, DC's been doing a great job with these uh, holiday anthologies, getting some great artists and writers on it, and just having fun just celebrating each holiday from Halloween to Christmas and so forth, and this is a prime example. So, yeah, with being a Valentine's Day week, uh, want to see a little romantic? Uh, do check it out, and of course, in the theme of the uh, recent archives that's dropped out. So, uh, with that... Uh, please uh, join me again next week for, uh, for well, we're going to say we took a little detour because it was Valentine's Day week, well, Valentine's Day specifically yesterday. We're going to go back to some more uh, his, uh, Black History uh, Month with uh, some more of uh, the Black History episode archives. And until then, go out and enjoy some good comic book. And if you can, check out DC's How to Lose a Guy Gardener in 10 Days. That's a fun romantic read. <laughs>